The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Let's make some trades. Buy low, sell high. The most traded list. This is the time to go get a tight end. We got some... You know, what we thought were going to be very good tight ends that are off to some pretty slow starts. Maybe this is the time to pounce. And we'll preview Thursday night football, Detroit and Green Bay. Looks like uh, those two teams are getting healthy ahead of Thursday night football, which is great. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day. I'm Adam Azer with Heath Cummings and Jamie Eisenberg. Do you guys see any crazy Josh Palmer or Quentin Johnston fab bids? Uh, I saw a $51 bid for Josh Palmer. Um, I think all the leagues that I ran waivers in last night, uh, Devon A. Chan was already rostered. He went in one of mine for 80. Yeah. That was our 10 was team. That the, for the, what was that in? Yeah, that was our 10 team for the people league. Okay. Um, but like, I don't, I didn't see any necessarily crazy, but everybody continues to bid more than me. I'm got all this fab in my pocket. I'm going to just make a terrible decision next week. Heath, Heath has <laughs> decided to leave me with all the fab decisions in our league. So I did put a $62 bid well, on You've got a pretty strong H&M. history of ad drops in that league. And <laughs> right. uh, I don't. <laughs> Thank you for I don't trusting wanna... me. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, I think uh, Palmer went for, let's see, he went for 34 bucks in uh, my FFT Open division, which is only one and two. I got to get better there. I'm only one and two. I did not get him there. And What's your record, Heath? For 31. Two and one. Nice. You, Jamie? Uh, 3 0. 3 0. All right. I got a 3 0 team in my FFT Open division. That would be Elijah and Glenn Lipkin. Congratulations, but I'm coming for you. All right. Let's get to the show. Our favorite buy low, our favorite so high. How about the stat of the week? One of my favorite 
weeks is Mike Evans versus the Saints. It's hmm. it's so difficult, right? It's he's got the worst history against the Saints, but he right now he's the number five wide receiver in fantasy. In ten games against New Orleans with Marshawn Lattimore playing, Mike Evans has scored more than thirteen fantasy points once. Once. He has single-digit PPR fantasy points in five of those 10 games. He has more than 64 yards only once. So that's Mike Evans with, I think, the worst history versus a team that I that I can think of, right? I mean, for a guy that's been in the league that long and this big of a sample size, uh, are you guys running away from Mike Williams this week? Uh, Mike Williams, yes. He has no Mike yes. Evans? Mike um, Evans, too? Although I don't know if you have to run away from Mike Williams. Um, I think with uh, Mike Evans, he's one of those like there's two guys for me when I was when I was doing my rankings. I don't know how you felt about this, Heath, but Joe Mixon against the Titans and Mike Evans against the Saints. Those are two guys like I'm still ranking as starters. You can't sit them, but the the history slash matchup is not pleasant for for both. Yeah, yeah, I'm still mostly at the point where the uh, rankings are the projections. And so I haven't adjusted for for stuff like this quite as much, but Evans will be a number two wide receiver for me, somewhere probably between sixteen and twenty, if I was guessing. It, you got to be, and it's it's easier with with Evans to find a replacement. But like, how are you getting away from the, what he's done so far? Like, because because it's I went back and I looked. No, and I know it's 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 ugly. But it, again, it's like you have to really be in a great situation to to bench him. Well, no, it's not just that that I looked at. I mean, obviously, we know the history. It's also, was he red hot going into the Saints game? And there have certainly been times where, yeah, he's coming off a huge performance. And but he's never mattered. had Baker Mayfield. He's that's never had Baker Mayfield. That is true. I'm trying to, I didn't do my mix and research yet, but trying to look at him in super tough matchups last year. Ravens, he had 14 carries for 78 yards and three for 10. That was a solid game. Um, did, he did not face Tennessee. He missed the Tennessee game last year. Uh Ravens again in week 18, 11 carries for 27 yards. We scored a touchdown, and he had five catches in that game. So the catches saved him and that touchdown, I guess. All right, let's get our favorite buy low and our favorite sell high. Who wants to go first? Who's our, your favorite buy low? Anyone feeling it? Um, I'll say Josh Jacobs, um, partially because he plays the Chargers this week, and that might just be the get-right matchup for struggling running backs. We saw it last week with Alexander Madison. Also because, Adam, I was thinking about this last night. You and I, I think it was on the draft-a-thon, mm-hmm. talked to Robert Turbin, and we were asking about these running backs holding out and how it might impact them, and he actually predicted this. He said it might take mm-hmm. until the first month of the season before Josh Jacobs is himself again, but he'll be fine. And he's not quite been himself. I thought we saw a couple of flashes in week three where things started to look a little bit better. Um, I still expect Josh Jacobs to be a top 12 running back for the rest of the season. So if you can get him for anything less than that, go by. Okay. So I'll just, I know I've asked you, but we'll do it again. You give up the Dolphins running backs for Jacobs? Yes. All right. Uh, Jamie, who's your favorite by low? <laughs> uh, I'll go to Calvin Ridley. Uh, two miserable games, and I'm sure some fantasy managers with Ridley are, are struggling. But if you've watched the games, you see that he's dropped several touchdowns. Um, and had opportunities in the end zone to do so. And I think Trevor Lawrence is playing better than his stats have shown. Uh, plus, the, uh, the the schedule, I think, will be favorable for them moving forward. So I would try and get Calvin Ridley if you can get him cheap. Like, if you could turn Mike Evans and Calvin Ridley, I would do that. All right. I mean, Evans, doesn't Evans look amazing, though? I, I, I don't even know what to make of it. I mean, he's having such a good year. Like I said, number five, <coughs> pardon me, number five wide receiver. 
Where are you on Evans in general? I think he's been awesome, but you know, you're still talking about a 31 year old receiver that I think Baker's playing over his head a little bit in terms of lack of turnovers. Uh, Chris Godwin at some point is going to have some productive games and might have a productive stretch where Baker's only touchdown of the game goes to uh, Godwin. So I'd be, I'd be looking to sell Evans if you can, just because he's, I think at some point due to have a little bit of letdown might happen starting this week. So three of the top five, four of the top seven and five of the top 11 wide receivers in fantasy right now are 30 or older. <laughs> it's Devonte Adams, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Adam, Adam Thielen. He'll probably stay there after this week. Um, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, well, just watch Devonte Adams. I don't think anyone's got any age concerns about him, right? I mean, he's, or he's Keenan Allen, amazing. Yeah, Keenan Allen. I, I don't know how you feel about Allen and Herbert. Let's go on to our sell highs here. Right? This is kind of a good transition here. We got these older wide receivers. I don't know how you feel about a- Allen and, and Herbert now. Uh, I was going to bring him up later, but they have faced Minnesota and Tennessee in their last two games. That's really favorable. You know, maybe the Williams injury helps Keenan Allen, but I don't think it helps. Justin Herbert, is anybody tr- thinking this is the time to sell Herbert? I, I mean, you're selling him for who? You know, we had this conversation. I had this conversation with Dave on on HQ yesterday that you know he was saying that um, I think he said Trevor Lawrence was a buy low. Uh, he might have said a quarterback was a sell high. I don't remember. But when you trade quarterbacks, you have to get some sort of quarterback in return, right? Unless you have somebody on your bench. Yeah. So. If you're if you're selling him, it's got to be part of a package. Or buying him, it's got to be part of a package. You know, so I think for Herbert, like if you're selling Herbert to the fields manager, I get it. You know, if you have Kirk Cousins on your bench, or if you have, you know, a Geno Smith or a Jared Goff, if you trust those guys long term, then that's fine. But it's it's most likely part of some package because you need some quarterback in return, most likely. So just I don't know. I I would be probably keeping Justin Herbert at this point. Okay, I guess I, I do the, think that that example of having Herbert and Cousins is the one. Yeah, where I think the perceived value of Herbert versus his actual value is higher than the same thing with Cousins. So if I had those two guys, I'd be selling Herbert. Okay, I think that was more of a general question: is is this the peak of Justin Herbert? He's QB three right now, coming off these two good matchups, just lost uh, a starting wide receiver, um, and he gets Eckler back. And I remember Heath a couple weeks ago, you said you actually boosted Herbert's projections without Eckler. Uh, yeah. So it, it, maybe that's actually a bad thing, slightly bad. I don't know. Is this the peak of Justin Herbert's value? I guess is really the, what the question was. Uh, yeah, I think. And I, listen, I I don't want to say that and mean that he's definitely going to be worse than QB three the rest of the season. I don't think he's going to probably be better. So I I think this is the peak, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I don't believe he can maintain that peak through the end of the year. It's right. also uh, a guy that was the first two years of his career, an unbelievable fantasy quarterback, and now has his best play caller as an offense coordinator. And last year when he lost his receivers, he didn't have what's behind Mike Evans, Mike Williams, excuse me. Um, it, it's an unknown because we don't know what Quentin Johnson can become. But if he becomes a first-round talent, then that's going to still keep Justin Herbert at this level from a receiving core standpoint. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's... You don't have to sell Justin Herbert. (laughs) He's been great, but I just wanted to bring it up with the schedule. So then with that said, who's got a favorite sell high? I mean, for me, I'd be selling Jerome Ford if you can, just because there's clearly a potential for drop-off for a guy that, you know, has shown some 
spikes from a fantasy production, but also some potential flaws if they're going to use Kareem Hunt and maybe Pierre Strong like we saw last week and some of the schedule concerns that we have. But I think if you're selling him, you got to be getting something good in return because you're trying to sell him as this is Nick Chubb's replacement. You know, this is the guy who's going to produce at that level. And I don't know if he's capable of that. So people need running backs. You picked him up for a lot. You might have picked him up as just a bench ad, not necessarily a guy you have to start. So if you could flip him for something, I'd be trying to trade him. Yeah, I, I think Ford is a great one. His production, almost all touchdowns and and one long run. I I would, I mean, assuming that Mostert is the obvious, for, everyone's saying that, um, I'd sell Kyron Williams. Another guy whose production has a lot to do with the touchdowns. I, I'm still not totally sure that the Rams are going to be anything other than bad. Um, and so if I could get anything close to an RB one for him, I'd be pretty happy to sell him. I think I want to sell Jerome Ford straight up for Mark Andrews. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> sure. Well, I, yeah, look, I would, I would like to do that as well. I just aim for, you know, Travis Kelsey. You got to hey, listen, and, you, you know got a starting Travis running Kelsey back and throw in Taylor Swift. No, you got a starting running back here. And, you know, people are, might be a little split on Mark Andrews. That one good game has got one bad game. I, well, this is a topic I do want to talk about the tight ends. I don't, the Ravens have the lowest pass rate in the NFL. All this talk about they're going to throw the ball more. They have the lowest pass rate, which really surprised That's me. interesting because I think Lamar has the second highest pass attempts per game in his career. It's not that high. And you know what? Four of his attempts last week came in overtime. He only threw 27 passes in regulation. Uh, he had 22 pass attempts in one, I guess they're running a lot of plays, in uh, in week one. So maybe you can overcome that if you run a lot of plays. But uh, I, a, starting, a starting running back for, a, you know, if people view him as a slumping tight end, you think that's ridiculous? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer it right now. I, I don't think the Mark Andrews manager is doing that. And again, it's like trading quarterbacks. Like, what does the Mark Andrews manager have a tight end that's willing to give up to get Jerome Ford? Like, you got to be really, really desperate at running back to be moving on from what Mark Andrews has been and still has the potential to be. So I think, like, if you're turning, like, if you want to trade Jerome Ford and Hunter Henry for Mark Andrews, like, that might happen. Obviously, you're, you could do Jerome Ford and Sam Laporta for Mark Andrews. I think the Andrews manager would probably consider that. But you have to make sure that that person has a tight end. Like, if I'm Mark Andrews' manager, and, okay, my running backs have just been decimated, and I need running back help, sure, I would love to have – what what kind of running back maybe Jerome Ford might be? Oh but yeah, oh, like what am yeah. what am I what am I replacing Mark Andrews with? Well, the Darst is the Mark Andrews manager, and he's starting Jalen Warren, although he does have David Montgomery. But all right, but I'm what's gonna, the tight end situation? He's got Mark Andrews, and he has Luke Musgrave. He's fine. Okay, uh, let's. I think if you want to try to get a top tier tight end, like training Jerome Ford for Darren Waller makes a ton of sense to me. All right, I'll try that one after this gets rejected. Okay. Um, I could also go Raheem Mostert for Mark Andrews, but let's, you know, we should get to the tight ends. Uh, did we, <laughs> Jerome Ford and Kyron Williams. Okay. Tight ends coming up in a little bit. Let me, uh, just tell you about our live streams <clears throat> Thursday night. We are on the air at 7 30 PM Eastern. Check us out. We will be uh, exclusively on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. We're also, you can see all of our podcasts. So if you want to look at, see what we look like. See, we got, uh, Jamie's got a, hat on that's pretty typical he doesn't have a hat on today i've got a long sleeve t-shirt on that's pretty typical i wear a hat once a week that's typical really i feel like you wear a hat a lot just wednesdays i didn't realize that i didn't realize it was a wednesday tradition all right good to know anyway uh, youtube.com slash fantasy football today we'll see you at 7 30 p.m eastern to answer your questions uh before thursday night football uh that will be tomorrow and 
more planned here. Got to get my mixer queued up. Sorry. Time for the fantasy cops. Working on a Wednesday. Working the beat. All right, this comes from A-Rod. I got the player I was wanting, but not for the amount of fab that I was wanting to spend. I had $97 worth of fab left. I originally put a bid in for $7. Later in the day, I went in and I changed it for $9. Well, when I woke up this morning to see if I got Josh Palmer, it showed that I spent $97 worth of fab on Josh Palmer. So he tried for nine. He tried for seven, tried to change it to nine, and he accidentally put 97. Only thing I can see is that I didn't erase getting my fab back or... Oh, sorry, I didn't erase the $7 bid and just added the $9 bid. Do I have a fighting chance at making a case for getting my fab back? Or do I take my L like a man and move on? By the way, this is a first-year dynasty league, and all of our first years with fab. And I am the commissioner. Oh, that makes oh. it that makes it more challenging here. What would you all do? Uh, what's, is it $100? Yeah, I think so. I think if it's a hundred dollars, you explain your situation to the league and say, "Here's what happened." Especially if it's a group of friends that trust each other, and you you if it's on Yahoo, you can see. I don't think we have the ability on on CBS to see what the bid history was, um, or at least publicly. But if somebody was bidding more than nine, then you just give them Josh Palmer, or whoever was the highest bid. And what well, what if nobody was bidding more than nine? You can't just give them to yourself for nine. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe the fair thing would be is put them back on waivers and let somebody put put bids in on Wednesday. Yeah, I think that's right. I think so. I think that's the fair thing to do. I think because you're commissioner, if there is a big stink about that, you might have to wear it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, your whole fa- I In a dynasty league, he should go for a lot of money. I mean, I don't think – is he available? No, he's not available in the Big Burger Dynasty League. Um. I don't know if he'll go for a lot of money. I mean, I, I, I think if you're if you're basing on this the standpoint that there's not a lot of players available, yeah, then then yes. But his long term appeal is not as appealing because he might be looking for a new team next year. Right. But th- right. I'm not sure he's more valuable in Dynasty than he is in Redraft. Well, no. Okay. I- He's not more valuable in Dynasty, but most Dynasty leagues have really big rosters and really bad waiver wires. So I'm looking at our dynasty league, and okay. Allen Robinson is the highest projected wide receiver available. So in that case, if Josh Palmer had been available, I probably would have bid seventy or more dollar. I mean, I'm not bidding really on anyone in this league. I don't, I don't know if your other dynasty leagues are like that, but I feel like dynasty leagues waiver wire is kind of yeah. No, I just uh, because I had a roster spot to to burn, I picked up Latavius Murray in Heath's dynasty league last night for twenty one out of a thousand. You know, so right. Right. Okay. Um, All right. Thank you for your Fantasy Cops entry. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about all those tight ends. Do we buy low on Kyle Pitts? Do we buy low on Darren Waller? We'll talk about that right after this. New CBS Monday. Federal agents. Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violent Island, we got here. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. 
the last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, so the, uh, the tight ends have gotten off to a bit of a slow start. Okay, but do we still have faith in them? So the four that I wanted to focus on, feel free to bring others into this discussion, were Mark Andrews, who was really good in week one, but four catches for 35 yards on five targets. Yeah, that's right. Uh, He didn't play in week one. Really good in week two, but struggled in week three. Darren Wallers had one good game out of three. He has struggled against the Cowboys and the 49ers, gets the Seahawks this week. Kyle Pitts, uh, I think going back to last year, he has played 14 games and has more than 50 yards in two of them. So that's Kyle Pitts. And then there's Dallas Goddard, who is averaging 4.2 yards per target, which is atrocious. And he's usually, the last two years, he was over 10 yards per target. But Goddard's off to a very slow start. With another concerning sign for Goddard that has continued in the Jalen Hurts era, never gets targeted near the end zone. He has one red zone, zero green zone, and zero end zone targets. And every time they're near the end zone, they just push Jalen Hurts in anyway. But uh, yeah, so Jamie, as you look at those four tight ends, I don't know if you want to throw Kittle in there. Kittle's only had one good game and it was without Ayuk. But is this the time to go get one of the tight ends or should we just leave them alone? Well, I, I think, again, it's relative to what the manager with those tight ends is giving up to or has on their team to give up one of those tight ends because I know I have, you know, Waller in a couple of leagues. I have Pitts in a couple of leagues. And if I had somebody else, then I'd be willing to part with them. But for the most part, I'm not – I haven't at least yet with the Waller teams – uh, for the Pitts teams, I know one of them in particular, I picked up Hunter Henry. Um, I'm not necessarily willing to part with them without having a backup plan in, in place. So if, as a Waller manager, if someone were to come to me and say, here's Hunter Henry and something, certainly Laporta would get it done. But I don't know that Laporta manager is doing that. But if you're if you're looking to acquire, or so you're looking to part with one of those guys, you have to have something in return. So that's what makes it more challenging. Yeah, I think it's a sliding scale. Like I'd give a, a number two running back or wide receiver to, for Mark Andrews, and I'd give a low end starter for Waller. I'd give a bench player for Goddard. I'm probably not trading for Kyle Pitts. I'd pick him up if somebody dropped him, but I don't think I'm giving up somebody for Pitts. Dan, right? I, like if the Pitts manager is, is is in a situation like I'm in, where picked up Hunter Henry and let's say just lost a Mike Williams or lost one of these running backs, <laughs> you know, Nick Chubb or something along the way. And you want to say, here's running back X or wide receiver X for Pitts and maybe something else. You know, it's it's a move that's in your benefit. But I wouldn't be giving up, as he alluded to, something significant. Well, look, we've got these running backs that have been picked up off the waiver wire who have emerged. Like, okay, I mean, I hate to make this about me, but I've got on one team, I have Raheem Mostert, Jerome Ford, and DeAndre Swift, right? And these are all guys that, and then throw Kyron Williams in the mix. I don't have him, but guys that uh, maybe you have some running back depth. And how many of those guys, would you trade DeAndre Swift straight up for Mark Andrews? Would you trade him for Darren Waller or Dallas Goddard? Only DeAndre Andrews. Swift is, is a perfect one because I think he's a sell-high candidate, you know, just knowing his injury history. 
his lack of work in the passing game. You know, he's in on goal line chances, but he's pushing. He's not running. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's uh it's one of those situations where yeah, he falls into the sell high category. So if you can turn DeAndre Swift, especially if he was, you know, a third or fourth running back that you drafted, depending on how how early you did your draft, then sure, that's the smart move to make. And you said you'd only trade Swift for Andrews, Heath. You wouldn't trade him for Waller. Correct. And you like Waller better than Goddard? I guess so. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous about Goddard. Like, it's hard. I was pretty low on Waller coming into the year, and I, I hasn't been much reason to move him up other than the fact that a ton of guys have fallen behind him. <laughs> I think yeah. the thing with Pitts, just while we're talking about it, is you're hearing Arthur Smith talk about we have to get, he think the, the phrasing is more explosives in the passing game. Um, that if Ritter continues to struggle, do we get a quarterback change? Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Dan and I both watched Kyle Pitts uh, from week three, and we both felt the same way. He does not look healthy. No, he's not healthy. He, he is laboring and like almost limping around out there. It's crazy. And I maybe it's a bit of an exaggeration, but he lumbering, I think, is the word we used. He just does not I, look like what we expected. And I am not buying low on Kyle Pitts. But I also said, like I said that to Chris on FFTN five yesterday. And it is true that he's lumbering and still running past DBs. That is, I did say that as well. You're right. Uh, I just don't trust like, like early in the game in week three, he ran right by a couple of lions defenders and he was open for a deep shot and Ritter missed him. So I just, I don't know if it's going to happen enough where Ritter's going to be able to connect on a high enough percentage. But I, I mean, Waller, if you want a reason to be optimistic about Waller, he didn't play in the second half of week one. In the first half, his target share was 42%. Okay, it's not going to be that high. In the second game, his target share was 23%. In the third game, his target share was 22%. Daniel Jones is off to an awful start. But the one game that Daniel Jones was good, Darren Waller had about 80 yards. So it's kind of a bet. If you're going to bet that Jones is going to bounce back, then I think Waller will bounce back with him because I'm very confident he's going to lead the team in targets. You know what is it? What what are those? Tar- How many yards is Jones going to throw for? Is it going to give us like two twenty a game? I, I hope so. Um. All right. And then any any thoughts on Goddard? I mean, he's just he's still like seven targets in two straight games. He should be doing really well with seven targets, it, right? The, yeah. I mean, there's not been as many passes down the field for him, but his ADOS not that much different than it was last year. It's just not a whole lot after the catch. He's he's catching a lot of passes two yards from the line of scrimmage and getting chopped down almost immediately. And there's been a lot more running than I was hoping for out of this Eagles offense. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is currently on pace for 3,600 yards and 17 touchdowns. Last year before his injury, he was on pace for 4,200 yards and 27 touchdowns. Apparently they they had the flu or something like that in week three. He and Kelsey and some others were dealing with an illness. But again, right? I mean, if you think the Eagles are going to come around, Goddard should be better than this. And yeah. There's appeal to having a guy, a tight end at this point where you just don't even have to look at the waiver wire and have to worry about this streaming game. Just like, I'm not I, the one league I have Goddard in. I know he's been disappointing, but I'm not even considering benching him or looking for another guy. Right. Right. Yeah, agreed. And, and clearly he's better in full PPR than he is the other formats because he's not scoring touchdowns and he's not getting a lot of yards. But, <laughs> you know, it, we we we're we're dealing with this with really the entire Eagles offense. Like we've had two good games of Devontae Smith, one miserable game two miserable games of A.J. Brown, one good game. And 
you know, two okay, I guess, games for Dallas Goddard. But really the question is, like, how many tight ends do you really trust right now? Yeah. How many Three, how many tight four? ends are on your team and you're not even thinking about the waiver wire? It's Kelsey, it's Andrews, it's Hawkinson for sure. That's no-brainers. Uh, I still put Waller in that category just because I think some of it has been just how the team has played. Like, <laughs> then... Laporta, <laughs> maybe. I guess this- I'm not really thinking about the waiver wire if I have Kittle or Goddard though either. Well, I'm just would you feel that way if Ayuk had played Thursday night and he had another stinker? Like you know, it's right. I'm I'm with you probably for the most part on Kittle, but it's you know I guess you could put Ingram in the same category too. Oh, like, Ingram I'm not- is a good call. Yeah. Would you, you know, turn but- Ingram into <laughs> into these guys? He's been would solid. you turn Ingram into these buy low tight ends? I know you turn him into Andrews for sure. Would you turn him into Waller or Goddard? Would you trade Ingram? Yeah, I would. Up? I would. I think Andrews is the only one that I'd make that move. It's not that I definitely think he's going to be better than Waller. I just probably wouldn't go to the trouble. I think they're close enough. All right, then the last question. Raheem Mostert or Devon A-Chain? If you were going to trade one of them for one of these tight ends, would you do that for any of them? I think for uh, Andrews, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then again, you know, the the the... The nice thing about when you get players like this is they were not drafted to be starters on your team. So if the starter on your team or the starters on your team are performing well and you're having this, okay, lineup crunch, do I have to play most of the, over these guys at this point? You probably should be, but you know, you're alleviating some level of headache while benefiting some other part of your roster. So yes, I would try to turn Ross, Raheem Mostert into uh, a Mark Andrews for sure. I've got an update for you. Just got a text from Darst. You know what's funny? I said, man, I need a running back. Maybe Azer would trade Ford to me, but I got to see what to offer. And I said, maybe Andrews. So I said, let's do it. I'll let you know. I will let you know. All right, what's next? (laughs) Your news and notes are next. All right, the Jets signed Trevor Simeon. Does this matter? Is this the next quarterback for the Jets, guys? Uh, Maybe. You know, it's uh, if this is their attempt to put a band aid on it, it's probably not going to work. I don't think Trevor Simeon is that much of an upgrade over Zach Wilson. Although, you know, we said the same thing about Mike White and Joe Flacco last year, and he was de- those guys were definitely better for Garrett Wilson. So, really, that's all, all that matters to me is can somebody get Garrett Wilson the ball consistently and allow him to be a playmaker? So, you'll take anything at this point. Um, but man, it's uh, it's like, what what are they doing? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, right. I I don't. I'm not particularly excited about Trevor Simeon. Although a revenge game against the Broncos would be fun <laughs> next week. Um, I also think I'm not ready to say that I know for sure Zach Wilson hasn't improved at all. He's played the Bills, the Cowboys, and Bill Belichick. Like, let's let's see a little bit more. Yeah. All right. So you got to give him the chance to start against the Broncos, right? And then maybe everything's just fine if you play the Broncos. That, what a lot of intrigue in that member, obviously, with Sean Payton just trashing Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, so good news for the Thursday night game. Christian Watson and Aaron Jones are trending in the right direction, and David Montgomery appears likely to play. The Monday night game, the Giants are getting healthier. The left side of their offensive line looks like it's back. Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredesen. But Saquon Barkley still day to day. That one we just don't know about yet. But uh, they will practice Take on one Thursday. more week off. Take one more week off. Get, don't don't come back early and limp through a month of the season. Yeah, I know. I, I feel because then it's a short week after that too. 
Uh, Xavier Woods, Carolina safety. He could be out four to six weeks with a hamstring injury. And also cornerback C.J. Henderson is hurt. And linebacker Frankie Louvu is hurt. So these are, I talked about this yesterday, but the Panthers, with already Shaq Thompson out for the year, with J.C. Horn on IR, one of the most injured teams defensively in football. And here come the Vikings. And Doug Peterson, Jacksonville's head coach, said he did not take over play calling duties in the second half of week three. Why don't we preview Thursday night football? And then, you know, another storyline is the return of Alvin Kamara. Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor might be one more week away. So I think it's important that we assign values to those guys at some point in this show and see if we li- how much we like them, Kamara, Cup, and Jonathan Taylor rest of season. But in the meantime, it's Detroit at Green Bay. Take it away, Dave. Nah, 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 nah. Thank you, Dave. Detroit at Green Bay. Uh, we're gonna have a. I was gonna have a Luke Musgraves ranking dispute, but I don't remember if it was Dave who was the high guy or low guy on him. Are you guys, Where are you guys on Luke Musgrave? Top twelve. Uh, just outside for me. Okay, then we're not going to have a rankings dispute on Luke Musgrave. But the injuries, obviously, Heath play a big role here. So let's talk about the the return. It looks like they're going to be returning players and the impacts of Watson and Jones and David Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, if Jones returns, I'm starting him as a as a number two running back, maybe even a number, maybe a low end number one. Um, it'd be somewhere in that 10 to 15 range. I'm probably going to be a little bit more cautious with Christian Watson coming off a long absence with a hamstring with all the way they've spread the ball around a little bit, but he would ding Dobbs and Reed and, and Musgrave or will ding those guys just enough. I'm like I'll probably have Watson ranked the highest of the wide receivers, but none of them will be in my top 40 wide receivers. Is that ding like ring a bell or like ding like just hurt them? Hurt them. Like, <laughs> like, a, like a hail dent in a car. <laughs> uh, okay, so which quarterback do you like better in this game? Jared Goff on the road is not exactly Jared Goff at home. He scored more than 20 fantasy points once in eight road games last year. So oh, it's worse than that. It's uh, <laughs> once in his last 13 games going back to 2021. Yikes. Um, Yikes. And he's, he's been – no, I'm sorry. You said once he, he was 20 points once last year? More than 20 points once in eight road games. No, he was under 20 every game since 2021. 13 straight games. Okay. You sure? Unless I read it differently. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to. Uh, you got this? I'm going to do the Dave research thing. Okay. Go ahead. You want, you want me to look it up? All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with Jordan Love. Uh, getting Christian Watson back, as Heath alluded to, I think that will. Uh, not ding him. That will help him. Um, especially Aaron Jones back as well. And then we'll find out if Bakhtiari plays. So this uh, Lions team, the last two games, has been good for opposing quarterbacks. So, Or two of three games, excuse me, has been good for opposing quarterbacks. So I think Jordan Love's in a good spot. Okay. So who are you starting Love over? How about uh, Deshaun Watson? Yep. How about yep. Daniel Jones? Yep. Over, G- over Burrow, over oh, Fields, over-, over Burrow. You know how I am struggling with Burrow so much. One hundred percent over Burrow. Titans, but it's the Titans. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I. I don't necessarily fear Burrow this week to the level of he's going to stink. But Jordan Love is just playing at a different level right now. Oh, I found it. Okay, so it, it looks like Jared Goff did throw for 355 yards and three touchdowns at Carolina in Week 16 last year. 
What did I miss? It? Oh man, you hate you hate to go up head to head in a stat off with with Jamie or Dave or Heath, but I'm glad I came away on top this time. Yeah, <laughs> one game. I'm glad last you year. caught it before I sent it in. Yeah. All right. There we go. We're, I'm your editor. No problem here. All right. So you're starting over, bro. How about Geno Smith against the Giants or uh, or Jordan Love? Love. Love. And Heath, you like off? You have Do you have him tenth? I think yeah, they're they're both top twelve. And again, it's it's still the projections. I don't have a a a, a big change for golf in road games. It, quarterback's really tough once you get past the top eight this week because I don't want to trust Joe Burrow at all. It's really hard to rank Justin. Like I've got him twelfth, and to rank him much higher than that. Right. I'm not super excited about Trevor Lawrence. Um, I definitely don't want to start Dak Prescott. Like that, it's just. There are not 12 quarterbacks that I like this week. Yeah, but it is fun, though, because Fields, Jones, and Geno in particular, and Burrow, have what look like really good matchups. So this will be a fun fun week of quarterback debates. All right, so uh, Jamie says sit Goff and start Love. Heath says start both of them, but Love uh, ahead of Goff by one spot as of right now. We look at the running backs, and uh, just to knock the Packers out of the way, if Aaron Jones doesn't play, don't even think about A.J. Dillon, but... Aaron Jones actually did struggle, I think, in two games. I think he left one early, though, last year. He did, in fact, leave one early against the Lions. But, man, this run defense is so good. So just to throw it out there, is there any hesitation? I mean, look what they just did to Bijan Robinson. I don't think there's been a 40-yard... No no running back has more than 43 rushing yards against the Lions this year. And that includes Ken Walker and Bijan Robinson. Yeah, I think you're starting Jones. You're counting on him as a pass catcher as well. Um, so, and look at the state of the running back position. <laughs> like it's just we're talking about we're going to start Joe Mixon against the Titans. I'm not going to sit here and Jones against the Lions. All right, then how do you feel about the Lions running backs if David Montgomery plays and rank the three running backs in this game if Montgomery and Jones are both in? Uh, Jones in PPR. Jones Gibbs Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I All think right, David Montgomery's yeah. stock stock improved with the absence. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying here. It's like, you know me. I'm not the David Montgomery guy. <laughs> really? But I think I, I liked him at his ADP. We all did. We thought he was a great value. I don't know why I should start Jameer Gibbs over him. Is it just waiting to see what happens off the off the injury? Is that is that the thing? Because yeah. If he know. doesn't score, you're gonna be in a tough spot because he's not gonna catch passes, at least based on what we saw. But that's the thing. He actually ran a lot more routes. Than, I don't know why they're throwing to him, but he ran a lot more routes than Gibbs in week one, and then it was basically uh, tied I, Yeah, throw out week one from a, a route standpoint. They weren't playing Jameer Gibbs. That's fair. Okay, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I think he's the lead running back here uh, until further By definition notice. of what you're saying, yes, he is the lead running back. I, I think all three, and I'm going to make that update this afternoon, but I think all three will probably be in my top 25 running backs. Yes. <clears throat> uh, how about uh, Dolphins running back or a running back in this game? Mostert. Mostert over all of them and probably HN behind all but Dylan. Miami's He's already in front of Dylan to begin with. How about the uh, Kyron Williams versus Zach Moss Bowl, Rams at Colts? you like any of them ahead of the running backs in this Lions game, Lions-Packers? I would play Moss over all of them. Yep. And I would probably go... Williams over both Lions guys just because, again, they may cannibalize each other a little bit. Like, well, the, the thing about Williams, like, I don't think he's wrong what he said, but, like, it's hard to get away from someone who's playing 100% of the snaps. Yeah. 
Man, I, and I think people have the right to be frustrated with, with Jameer Gibbs' production so far. Would you start <clears throat> Josh Palmer over Jameer Gibbs? No. No. Would you start T. Higgins or Jameer Gibbs? Higgins. Yep. Okay. All right, wide receivers in this game. Anyone other than Amonra St. Brown? And, and by the way, I did my best to figure out what the heck happened to Josh Reynolds last week. And I don't remember who said the A.J. Terrell thing, but he did see a lot of A.J. Terrell. It wasn't shadowed by him, but he saw a lot of A.J. Terrell last week, and he ran very deep routes and just was not open. I watched more than half his routes, but I think he had his highest route depth of the season. So he just he just wasn't open from what I saw. But um, anyone other than St. Brown, Heath already talked a little bit about the Packers wide receivers, but Jamie, how about you? Anyone other than St. Brown this game? Just Laporta, but in terms of the receivers, um, you know, I think the thing about Josh Reynolds is if you picked him up and you've been starting him, I wouldn't necessarily look at last week and say, okay, he's done. So, you know, if you need to go back to him, go back to him. Uh, do we know the status of Jair Alexander? I do not. Right. Let's so that, that kind of changes things too in terms of what the secondary looks like for, for Green Bay also. But I don't think Josh Reynolds is on a lot of people's rosters with must-start responsibility. So as long as that's the case, then you, you bench him and just see what this week you know, shows you for him. Uh, Jair Alexander was limited in practice. A good sign for him. Laporta, easy start, and Musgrave, low-end starter. You said it's the thing about Musgrave is now Christian Watson and Jones back. How does that impact him? It it could cut into his target share for sure. I think you're just counting on the good matchup and hoping with Jordan Love's touchdown rate that that keeps up and Musgrave gets one of them. Okay, and you have Musgrave, Heath, you have him ahead of Pitts and Fryermuth and Goddard. You going to keep it that way? Pitts and Fryermuth, yes, Goddard, no. Okay. Jamie, yeah, you are, okay. Jamie, you are lower on him. Uh, it's six spots in the rankings, but it looks like Musgrave is going to move down a little bit. Jamie, you have Gerald Everett and Jake Ferguson ahead of Musgrave. Is that, gonna, is that going to change? No, it's not. Um, I have it. We ranked Christian Watson, so that's where I have Musgrave with Watson playing. Okay. So you you factor in Aaron Jones playing also, and that's just more targets, I think, going in a different direction. So he had a spike in targets last week. You know, I think what he was in week one and week two is more probably what we should expect. And while the Lions have given up, you know, yardage to tight ends, it's not like they're giving up a ton of fantasy points to tight ends. So I'm not necessarily looking at this as a slam dunk matchup for a rookie tight end that has yet to really have an overwhelming performance. All right, I would ever to me, you know, that's we had this conversation on, you know, uh, I think yesterday, just in terms of like the the one week streaming option. Mm-hmm. Everett saw a six catch. He's coming off a six catch game where they just lost Mike Williams. Yeah. All right. So I think I, I would be remiss to not ask some Christian Watson questions. Would you rather start Christian Watson or DJ Moore or Jerry Judy in that game? More and Judy. More and Judy. Christian Watson or Michael Thomas? <laughs> uh, it's closer in PPR, but I would probably lean toward Watson. Tom, Thomas for me. Christian Watson or David Montgomery in PPR? Montgomery. Watson. Mm. Christian Watson, last one, or Rashad White? White. Watson. All right, Rashad White is at New Orleans. Okay, and that's it. Oh, uh, DSTs, any interest? <clears throat> Not really, no. 
And that's it for Thursday Night Football. Nah, 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 nah. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about these guys who are returning from injury or suspension. We'll read your buy lows and sell highs. We'll read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Stick around. You ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to ask you guys to rank these players rest of season, and they involve players who are hopefully coming back. Jonathan Taylor, the last we heard, he had a chance to come back in week five. Same with Cooper Cup. Kamara is back this week. So let's start with this one. Rank them rest of season. Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Jameer Gibbs. You know, it's funny because Zach Moss looked awesome in this offense, and Zach Moss is just a guy compared, compared to Jonathan Taylor. So if Taylor is committed, and let's just say the Colts win this game, and they're three and one, like he should be committed, right? Yeah, and they should be committed. So I would go Taylor, Mixon, Gibbs. Yeah, I I think that commitment thing. I I'd almost feel better about Taylor if he was somewhere else because I'm concerned that it's an ankle tweak and he's not he's not playing anymore. I like they didn't. Uh, meet his demands or concerns he's still on the same contract that he was with no security beyond this year so i just don't know that i believe that he's going to to risk very much for them who's um, who's trading for him and paying him though like do you have right that- yeah i don't i'm not sure anybody is so um although maybe the packers as bad as aj Dillon was they were one of the teams that was right. allegedly interested in the first place uh mixon Gibbs Taylor. Really? Okay. Just because there, there is a lot of uncertainty. I mean, it's it's tough to give up a lot for Jonathan Taylor uh, right now because it could go either way. All right, so that's completely different. So Jamie went Taylor, Mixon, Gibbs, and Heath went Mixon, Gibbs, Taylor. Alvin Kamara, <clears throat> DeAndre Swift, and Damian Pierce. How would you rank Kamara, Swift, and Pierce? In that order. Swift, Kamara, Pierce, but definitely Pierce last. Yeah, Kamara, kind of funny. I feel like people are forgetting the reasons why we were concerned about Kamara. He has not oh, had... One, one is gone. He has not had a a 30... He has not had a run longer than 30, yard, 30 yards in either of the last two seasons. He's 28, coming off two years where he's averaged 3.7 and 4 yards per carry. He hasn't performed that well. There, there's like a 50-50 chance he looks like Dalvin Cook. And you say one of them is gone, Jamie, but he's not gone for the season, Jamal Williams. No, he meant the suspension, I thought. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought no, I meant no, Jamal Williams. You meant Jamal Williams, okay. Yeah. 
And then there's still that Taysom Hill guy. Oh, I don't know. What do you think? Like, if we were redrafting today, when would you take Alvin Kamara? If we're redrafting today, like he's active, no suspension? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we're starting the season right now. Uh, I would say the fourth round, but that's where I would probably be looking at these other guys too. So what, how high has James Conner risen? Because I think Kamara and Conner are pretty much right in the like they're the same age. Um, we've seen Conner look good already this year. Um, so round four seems right. So, I would take Connor ahead of them, yeah. Okay. Swift, I mean, just to talk about one of the most relevant players. You talked about him earlier, Jamie, as being a sell high. Discuss. I, I mean, I, I understand why, but what's, what are you just putting that label on Swift all about? Well, I mean, you, you just said it, you know, one of the more relevant players. He's been fantastic in two primetime games, and it's hard to get past what he can be if he stays healthy, which is, you know, I think a better version of Miles Sanders last year, and Sanders was great. But he's had a hard time staying healthy. He's got a limited touchdown potential. He's got limited touchdown potential because of what they do when they get inside the five. And he's getting zero work in the passing game at this point, minimal work in the passing game. So I don't know. I mean, I think if you can get something great in return for DeAndre Swift, I'd be doing that. I'm not giving him away. Right. Okay. I, yeah, I think Swift and Moss are two of the most like fascinating big swing types at lower levels because Swift could be a top five running back the rest of the season or like we know how it can blow up with him. And if Taylor gets traded, then Moss is a top 20 running back or he's completely worthless and probably on the waiver wire. I don't mean to take a shot at Kenneth Gainwell, but just what a difference when DeAndre Swift is carrying the football. It is really fun to watch this guy. He's just exploding. Uh, all right. Rank him rest of season. Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. Allen, Cup, Evans. I I agree with the Allen part. Um, yeah, Allen, Cup, Evans. You guys feel fairly confident in Cooper Cup week five or around then and being Cooper Cup? If he plays, yes, I feel confident. But is he ready to go in week five? You know, and you got to fear the recurrence of injury. You know, if he's dealing with the, the nerve issue in his hamstring and – you know, at what point does that become a problem for him once again? So it's not a bad idea if you got off to a good start and Cooper Cup's on your team and you're trying to trade him for something. Like if your running back situation is a concern, like why not? What are the odds that when Cooper Cup comes back, he's the number one receiver in fantasy? 30%. I was going to say exact same thing. Okay, what if he's the top four receiver? 50%, 35. 60. Oh, 35. Okay, okay. All right. Rank them rest of season. Puka Nakua, Amari Cooper, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Cooper Ayuk Nakua? Yeah. Okay. By the way, you realize Cooper and Elijah Moore both have 25 targets. They they have 50% of the targets for the Browns, but it's you wouldn't think that Elijah Moore is the same amount of targets as Amari Cooper. They both have a 25% target share and 25 targets. Cooper doing a lot more with them though. Okay, so I asked uh, online for some buy lows and sell highs, and let's see what we got. I, I was going to bring up Josh Jacobs, but Heath already did that. Uh, Jahan Dotson, Sean says Jahan Dotson is a buy low. Agree or disagree? One more week, he'll get him off the waiver wire. So um, don't give up much to get him. 
I saw him dropped in two of my leagues this morning, um, and I am going to pick him up. But that's about all, like whoever the worst player on my bench is that I can drop for him. That's about all I'm giving up for him right now. I'm I'm really disgusted by the uh, wide. I, I don't know how you have Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, and you're targeting your tight ends as much as your wide receivers. But All right. It doesn't sound like we really agree with that one. Marty says JSN is a buy low. It's very similar to Jahan Dotson. Like you, you can't be giving up much in return for him. Much to get, much giving up, much to. You can't be giving up much to get him. You know, at this point, it's just he's been underwhelming, and it's understandable because the other two guys are healthy. You know, it's going to probably take a situation like what's happening with Quentin Johnson for him to be relevant at this point. I I do think that it's it's not too early to see if you can buy low on a dynasty. There are some people that are more overreactive than others. So yeah. Hey, Take some, a shot. Some people might even. Yeah, you, Go ahead. you should be actively trying to trade Tank Dell for JSN. In a redraft league or a dynasty? No, in dynasty. Yeah, you wouldn't do that in a redraft league right now, no. though. How about that? Uh, from Russ, spy low on Brees Hall. Yeah. Again, don't give up much for it right now, but yeah. All these relevant running backs we're talking about, Swift, A-Chan, I think I called him A-Chain earlier, sorry. Mostert, Kyron, Zach Moss. Are you giving them up for Brees Hall? Uh, not straight up right now. But maybe it's part of a package. Yeah, a couple of them. Like, I'd, I'd give up Moss for Hall. Straight up? Because yeah. of the Taylor thing? Yeah. Yeah. If you trade for Brees Hall, you can't expect to just throw him in your lineup immediately. No. It's got to be a long-term play here. And it's got to be a situation where you're 3-0 or 2-1. and one. All right, this last one here is really interesting from Texas Bruins 67. Buy low on Joe Burrow. And I just think Tennessee, Arizona, Seattle in his next three games. It just it just makes this even more, not to use the word again, but interesting. Right? I mean, the I, matchups are great. I, see, I was thinking the same thing you said about Brees Hall applies to Joe Burrow. The buy is week seven. Then you're at San Francisco. <laughs> but like I think he may be good in the second half of the season. I don't ex- he how is he gonna be any closer to a hundred percent on a short week this week? No, he no. He threw 49 times though, so they're obviously willing to let him throw. And, and there's so many busts in that secondary, like Higgins or Chase are one tackle, missed tackle away from you know some big games that's going to boost his numbers. Like I'd be buying low on Burrow. Did you trust the? Did you trust him right now to start him in this three week stretch? Uh, again, it depends on what else I have. You know, so if I have Kirk Cousins, I'd be starting Cousins. If I have you know Jared Goff at home, Geno <laughs> Smith this week, you know I'd start them. But you could probably turn Jordan Love into Joe Burrow right now. Joe Burrow manager would probably take that. No, not me. But if the if the Joe Burrow manager's zero and three or one and two, then it certainly changes things. Uh, okay, and let's do sell highs. I mentioned Justin Herbert earlier. We didn't really, we didn't kind of poo poo that. Don't necessarily sell high on Justin Herbert. Marty says sell high on Brandon Ayuk. I think this is the not week to be selling high on somebody coming off an injury. <laughs> like, right? If, if someone's buying him based on his week one and his preseason hype and all those things, sure, but. You're probably not getting max value for it right now. 
I do think this is a tough week for Ayuk because that Gannon defense is generally pretty zone heavy. And against zones, both Debo and Kittle have seen more targets and been bigger, better on a per route basis than Ayuk. Um, but I I agree. Like It depends. Within the industry, there are certainly guys who think, forget about the injury, Ayuk's a top 20 wide receiver rest of the season. Right. And I'd be selling in those situations, but those that's not, I don't think that's the reality on the ground in most places. I think I think he could be a top twenty wide receiver. I don't think he'd be a top twelve wide receiver. But what do you think? I, I think you have to dislike Debo or give up on Kittle if that's the case, because as good as and great as Brock Purdy's been on a per pass basis, he's still throwing for two hundred and twenty yards a game. And there's a lot of people that are gonna have at least thirty or forty of those yards. It's also the thing with Ayuk is I mean, Debo Samuel's got a rib injury. Who knows how serious it might be? If he misses this week's game right. and Ayuk plays, guess who's probably going to go off? Zone, man, I don't care what defense. He's probably going to have a big game because that's just what the, the nature of this San Francisco offense has shown. Yeah, I, I think for me, Heath, it's I'm more or less out on George Kittle. I, you know, He's a tight end, and I'm not dropping him or anything like that, and I know he had a good game against a terrible defense without Brandon Ayuk, but I think there's a lot of evidence now that he's just... Going to have some boom weeks, but he's going to have a lot of really quiet weeks. Maybe yeah. top, top 20 might be a little rich for Ayuk. I just have to really think about it. Because wide, wide receiver feels okay this year. Wide receiver feels Feels good. great. Yeah, it does, right? I mean, I'm thinking of some of the guys that I was really high on, like Judy, which isn't great. I wasn't that high on DJ Moore. Hopkins I was kind of high on. Christian Watson hasn't played. I was pretty high on him. They so, got Watson injured, Cup injured, Deontay right. Johnson injured. Yeah, know. I'm thinking about that round four range, which was awful last year. Hasn't really been that great this year. But overall, I think wide receiver's been pretty good. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, especially with what Evans and Keenan Allen are doing. Yeah, and you got Puka. So, like, st- st- are we selling high on Puka? What is Puka's value right now, do you think? No idea. No idea. I think the <laughs> you got a little bit of a sample size of what he's going to do without – double-digit targets, you know, and he got saved at the end with a 37-yard reception. So yeah. it could it could be a little ugly moving forward. I would value him like a number three boom-bust wide receiver. Um, a good one, but I would be selling if I could get more than that. Yeah. So what do they Jay, have next week? Jay, uh, I'll tell you in a second, but Jay says uh, Nakua for Ayuk. Would you do that? Yes. I'd rather have Ayuk. Yeah. Okay. And then last one. Uh, well, I don't know. We've spoken enough about Zach Moss. I have some emails and some tweets that have some trade questions in them as well. So let's get to that. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. That is the letter I. First email is from Steve from the land that provides 70 points and fantasy points aplenty. I have Tua and Anthony Richardson. <clears throat> Justin Fields was dropped. Should I keep Richardson or pick up Fields? Uh, hmm. You're definitely keeping Tua. I would drop Richardson for Fields. I would... Tr- tr- I guess if Fields is being dropped, then maybe trading a quarterback is pretty difficult. I mean, I I would at least explore what kind of starter can I get at running back or wide receiver for Tua. Can I get a top five running back or wide receiver for Tua and go through the year with Richardson and Fields? I'd be okay with that. Okay, that is risky. Would you consider just adding fields and having all three of them? 
at least temporarily? The schedule is so beneficial for Fields coming up the next three games. I think he's going to play well. I don't want to give away something yet, but um, oh, uh, yeah. Oh boy, uh, you putting that? You are putting that hot streak on the line. How about that? <laughs> um, yeah, th- th- that's probably the smartest play if you can do it. Is is carry all three quarterbacks for a week? Jamie is playing with house money right now at start of the week. Uh, he's just absolutely three week sample size, buddy. It's, yeah. Uh, okay, this one is from Suave Mav Mave. I don't know. Would anyone drop Rashad White for Devon Achan? If that's the worst player on your team, then yes. Yeah, I guess you're you're telling me that you don't ever start Rashad White because he's your fifth man on your bench. Then then I'd rather have Achan Chan as the fifth man on my bench. From Kyle, dear Mister Pink, Mister White, and Mister Orange, half PPR. I gave McCaffrey and Zay Flowers for Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Swift. McCaffrey. I think it's a B plus. B minus. McCaffrey and Flowers for who and Swift? Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty close to a C. C is good. C's average. Yeah, I think it's a fair <laughs> trade. You know, if you if you have good running backs. It's fine. From Nicholas, grade the trade in a 10-team PPR league. Yes, Dan, full point PPR. Uh, <laughs> we, we already have some great emails ripping Dan coming in. I'm just, I've already put it in the rundown for, for the mailbag show. It's really wonderful. Uh, <clears throat> last week before the Acres news, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through all that because that was last week. This week, give Nakua, get Jonathan Taylor. I like it. All right. From Pistol P. I'm one and two. 12-team half PPR league start two receivers. Give up <clears throat> Tyreek Hill and Chris Godwin. Get Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, you got to do that. A minus. Yeah, A plus. <laughs> a minus, yeah. From Vincent. Possible trade in a half PPR keeper league. You give up Roshan Johnson and Tajay Spears, you get Jonathan Taylor. But Roshan Johnson and Tajay Spears are both $1 players, and Jonathan Taylor is a $50 player. Grade the trade. If you can win now, I don't care. Yep. Okay. Go for it, Vincent. It's an A if you can win now. Thank you all for watching and listening Fantasy Football today. We got starter sit for the AFC home games tomorrow morning, and we've got our live stream tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. For Heath and Jamie, and yes, Schaefer got it. It's Reservoir Dogs with Mr. Orange, Mr. Pink. Sorry, uh, yeah, forgot to say that. Good job. Schaefer's got a very good movie base. Like, not he's the anti-Dan. It's really good stuff. We like. We're gonna get him on the show. Bro. Uh, anyway, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.